grace, mercy, and peace to each one of you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you please bow your head with me? Dear Father, you know the needs of every one of us. And so we pray that you would keep your promise now. We know you will. That where your word goes forth, it will accomplish your purposes and will not return to you void. Do that now according to the needs of each one of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. I was looking on the internet at the most exclusive clubs in the world because you never know when I might want to join one. And uh, <clears throat> I can want to all I want to, but it doesn't mean I'm ever going to do it. Because some of those cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to join, and then the yearly fee is tens of thousands of dollars after that. But it's not the cost for most of those clubs that make them exclusive does exclude a lot of us, but it, it is, uh, that, that's not the main thing that makes them exclusive. The, what makes them really exclusive is the fact that you get into them by invitation only. And the more exclusive the club, the more either influential the invitation has to be or the more invitations that you have to have. That is, it takes more than one invitation from some of these members of people who are already members of that club. Sometimes the members will vote to see who can actually be a member of that club. So they are exclusive indeed. Now, why are they so exclusive? Well, truthfully, most of those clubs only invite people to join who can render some benefit to the other people in the club. Maybe they only invite people who can enhance the business connections of the people who are already in the club. Or maybe who can give some insider information on some companies that they either know about because they're some influential uh, trading person on Wall Street or, or maybe, uh, maybe because they have insider information about their own company. But that's how you get into those clubs is you have a benefit that can benefit other people in the club. And what a contrast that is to our Lord Jesus, who said that he came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And he too has an invitation, and our invitation, or the invitation that he gives, is found for us in our lesson for today, found in Matthew chapter 11, and beginning with verse 28, and it is these verses, and here's what it says. <clears throat> Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Well, it occurs to me as I read this passage that Jesus is talking about people who are burdened with a heavy load. And there are three kinds of loads that I would like to mention this morning. There may be others, but these are the three that occur to me. When he says, come to me, you who are 
who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. By the way, I want to mention something before we mention those three things. And that is this. This, is, this doesn't seem all that amazing to us that Jesus says this, but this is an astounding thing for a person to say. To look out at a crowd of people and say, uh, you who are burdened out there, come to me and I'll give you rest. <laughs> who says that? Who said that? Who can look out at a crowd with all the different needs of all the different people there in that crowd and say, I'm the one person who can meet those needs? No sane person would speak those words to a crowd unless that person can really do it. And he's really God. And that's the point of this, of what I'm trying to say here. This is, there are people who claim Jesus was a great teacher, but he was just a man. This is not the words of a mere teacher. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I hope, I hope that gets across, because these are not the words of a mere man. He's making a claim nobody else can make, that in him you will find your needs met. You will find rest for your soul in him. Well, now, to what is it that Jesus is referring to when he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Well, first off, he most certainly is referring to this onerous system of laws, this legal system that had come to dominate Judea at the time that he walked throughout Judea, and also Galilee, of course, when he walked on this earth. This legal system consisted, first off, of the 600 and some laws that were written in the Old Testament, but it also contained additional laws and extrapolations of those laws that had accumulated because of the work of the Pharisees, the work of the lawyers, and the work of other religious leaders of those days who didn't think that 600 was enough or didn't think they were plain enough and they had to extrapolate on them and say, here's what they actually mean. And if you were someone who took God seriously in those days, this was crushing. This burden was absolutely crushing because you could break those laws without even trying. And sometimes you had to try to break them and it was still onerous. For example, when you had to prepare the body of a loved one who had died, right? And automatically you're considered unclean just by doing that. And so it is to these people, of course, that Jesus offers relief. It was real relief because he came to fulfill the law for them. And not just for them, but for you and me. What's great about this is that when he fulfilled it, he fulfilled all of it. And then he took the life that he lived, which was a perfect life because he never broke this law. That He never broke the part that God had, had commanded. He did break some of the ones that the Pharisees had, had commanded. But he never broke the ones that God had commanded. And he took a perfect life and he exchanged it for my sinful life. And for yours too. And then he paid the price for those sins by being abandoned to the cross and being abandoned on the cross by his own father. And that's why he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When God the Father forsook God the Son on the cross. But then he rose again, and that's the definitive statement that God accepted the payment, accepted his life of perfection as your payment 
into his exclusive club. And because he paid for heaven, you don't have to. Wow, what a neat thing that is. That burden, the burden of the law has been lifted. That's burden number one, lifted by Jesus. The second burden is closely tied to that one, and that is the burden of guilt. There are two ways to understand guilt. One is the objective sense, where when we break the law, we are guilty of it. There are people who, who are objectively guilty of the law, though, who don't even, don't even know it, right? If you speed, you're objectively guilty of breaking the law, right? If you go over the speed limit. But then there are also, there's another, another sense, and that's the subjective sensation of guilt, that people feel. And for those people, some, there are some people, I'll say it this way, who have a greater sensation of guilt than others. We are all objectively guilty because we've all broken God's law and we've done it every day a hundred times, maybe more than that. So we've all sinned every day. But even if you're not one of those people who have that, that, that really... Uh, acute sense of guilt, right? Some people can never escape it. They're always under this burden of guilt. They always, every time they look around, they see their past. They see the things they should have done, they wish they had done, or done differently. Those people have an acute sense of guilt. But even if you're not one of those, it is likely that as you recall your life, there is something in your life that does trouble your conscience. And to you, Jesus says to all of you, whether you have that acute sense all the time or just when you think of certain things, Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Take to him in prayer those very things that have kept you from being lighthearted and give them to him in confession. He will forgive them, he says, promised that he would. And then they don't exist anymore. When he forgives it, it's gone. And so, by the way, if God has called you clean, if you've confessed those things before, and God says you're clean, why would you say you're not? What God says matters. And so the second burden Jesus lifts is the burden of guilt. And he invites us to take them to him and leave all these things on him. The third burden that he offers to remove is the burden of our, the, I'll just say it this way, the burdens of our daily life. We live in an imperfect world. It's a troubled and sinful world. And Jesus says, you will have tribulation in this world. There's no getting out of it. As long as we live in this world, we will have tribulation. But he goes on to say, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And he has given us the means also in this to relieve ourselves of these burdens by going to him in prayer and taking out of our backpack those burdens of sin, the burdens that we bear every day, all of the things that cause us trouble, the, the family issues, the roommate issues, the friend issues, the class issues, all of the issues, the things that keep us up late at night, and take them out of our backpack and lay them at his feet. St. Paul says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer, but in everything, sorry, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. 
So what should we do? <laughs> Make your requests known. Make them known to God. Trusting that he will answer those prayers in conformity with his will, his will for you, his gracious will for you, his loving will for you. And Paul goes on to say then this, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so there you have it. The gracious, gracious invitation of Jesus, not to an exclusive club, but to a person, to him. And in him, you have peace. That will keep him in perfect peace, the Bible says, whose mind is stayed on thee. May God grant it for you and for me. And would you please bow your head with me in prayer. Gracious Father, by your Son, you have promised us the forgiveness of sins, righteousness, everlasting life with you in heaven. And so we ask you by your Holy Spirit now that you would enliven our hearts that in daily prayer we might seek our help in Jesus. We pray that you would grant us then to believe his promise and to obtain that for which we pray. And at last be saved through your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.